Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of LifePoint Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, check out lpcvan.com forward slash youth. How many gamers do I have here? How many people enjoy games? Where are my gamers at? Uh... Gamers, all right, you're confused, hands down, hands down. You're confused, I see it already. I know that when I say gamers, you think of Xbox, the Wii, GameCube, is that hip? Do you people still play the GameCube? Listen, but when I, (laughs) check it out. When I say games, when me and my wife decide to have a game night, I'm usually not talking about, come over and play my Xbox, right? All you Call of Duty people, all you little boys who think you're big and tough with your big bad virtual guns, right? Call of Duty, I'm gonna like level up my super soaker, right? No scope, whatever that even means, right? But before those days, and even till this day, there's this thing called a board game. How many people know what a board game is? Whoa, all right. You're like, I saw it in a museum once. My mom has them in the closet, right? They're the desk collectors. But listen, me and my wife, we love games, like these kind of games. How many people with me? Anybody into games? Yeah? Okay, yep. I like it. And so tonight, I actually want to have a little game night. So where are my people that love games? You love games? Ellie, come on up here. You get one. Who else wants to join my game night here? Hannah, sure, come on up. Game night? Um... Game night? Yeah, come, come on up, young man. That works. Uh, uh, I just, right here, Hudson, right? Hudson, join my game night. Welcome, welcome to game night. Now, how many of you have been to a game night before? All right, very cool. So here's what, all right, we're going to play a game. You ready? Yes. We're just pretending for the illustration. So just act like you're having fun, okay? Smile, smile. You don't even know how to play the... Where do we get these kids from? Scrabble? Scrabble? Do you know the alphabet? Then you're good. All right. So when you come to game night, I'm about to introduce you to what I refer to as the instruction characters. Okay? I don't mean to offend. All of these people are purely hypothetical and their names and identities have been changed to protect you, I mean them, okay? Now, you show up to game night, and there's always one person, right? Let's say it's Ellie. There's always one person, and their attitude toward the instructions is as such. Try to open the box. Oh, no! We have to read the instructions, right? And you're like, you're, you, exactly what you just did. You just looked at your clock. Why are you looking at your clock, bro? We just got started. This is going to be a long sermon if you're looking at your watch, homie, all right? So he's like, oh my God, right? So she's like, dude, these are the kind of people that we want to read every single line, right? These are the people that if they could, they would make you watch the YouTube video, right? Before we can play the game, we have to watch a complete game to really understand the intention of the author of the instructions, Right? So, right, so that's Ellie, right? So she's like, every single line, we're going to read them before we, shh, we're reading the instructions, right? How many people, how many of you know people like that, right? Okay. But then there's the people 
Then, then there are people at game night, right? They're, uh, not Noah, not Hudson, Trevor, no, uh, Charlie. Charlie, no, Estes. Estes, Henry. Henry's your grandfather. Brayden. Brayden? What's your name, buddy? Logan. Logan. Here we go. Logan. <laughs> Slammy Samsonite. Way off. Right? And so there's, so there's people like Logan, right? That they're looking at these people and they're like, dude, let's just play. Like, we'll just figure it out. Right? Like, just like, we'll get there. We'll just, who really cares about the instructions? Right? How many people? Yeah, it's your life, right? That's your life. How many people like that? You're like, dude, I don't want to read the instructions. It's just, let's just play. We'll figure it out by the time we get to the end, right? And all of these people right now are like in their seats, kind of like, what do you mean don't read the instructions, right? You guys are the kind of people that read the instructions to puzzles, right? Dude, like you're the kind of people that like when I was in seventh grade, here, she's offended here. Oh, no. No, like, you don't need instructions for puzzles, right? These are the kind of people that, like, when you're in seventh grade, the teacher gives you those, like, super torturous assignments where it's like, please read all the instructions before completing. And then, like, you start going through them, and, like, three seconds into it, somebody walks up to the class and hands the teacher the paper. You guys, you guys haven't seen that? Then maybe I shouldn't talk about it because I can do it to you guys, right? And then, like, that girl, she walks up, and she's like, I read all the instructions, and the instructions said to ignore everything, Right? Yeah, all right, so I don't like that person. Okay, this person, maybe. Then you have this person, right? And this is the person, she's like, dude, we're not reading the rules. I don't even care if we figure it out. Let's just make up our own rules, right? Like, these are more of, like, suggestions. And this is actually coming out very <laughs> appropriate. This is, <laughs> this is weird how that worked out, right? That's you, isn't it? No, good, never, right? It's her, right? And so these are the people that are like, dude, like, these are, like, suggestions why don't we just make up our own rules, right? And then you wear shirts like Jackson has. Jackson strolls in here today. What does your shirt say, Jackson? Rules are for losers or something? Forget the rules, right? They're like, just forget the rules. Who needs the instructions? Who needs to read? I don't even care about the instructions because my instructions are better anyway. How many people like that, right? Instructions are made to be thrown out and ignored-ish? Okay. And then you have this person here. He's in charge, right? You have this person, and there's always one, dude. There's always one at a game. I call him the enforcer, okay? These are the people that take the rules so seriously that, like, they could, like, if they could, they would legitimately arrest you for, like, breaking a rule. You know what I mean? They're like, ha, I, like, I'm gonna arrest, this, I'm gonna arrest you. Ha, you're so funny. No, like, legitimately, get out of my house. Like, I'm calling the cops. You cannot take money from the free parking spot right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> And so you're at game night, and all of these different characters show up to game night, right? All of these different people have these different attitudes, these different relationships to the rules. And perhaps you see yourself in them. Perhaps you can identify your own relationship to the instructions. And you go, yeah, that's how I view the instructions. Life with God is far from a game, okay? Definitely not a game. But like a game, God has given us a lot of instructions, right? And again, life with God is not a game, but like a game, there are a lot of different attitudes, there are a lot of different mentalities and relationships to those instructions. And so my question for you tonight is this, as we look at God's instructions, as we look at the law, the question for you is this, what is your attitude toward God's instructions? What is your relationship to the instructions? 
well, you know, Sam, I mean, Jesus is coming. And he, he preached about the new kingdom. And so in this new kingdom, when we follow the king, like, who says we need the rules? My question for you students is, as a follower of Jesus, what should your relationship with the instructions be? What should your attitude be toward them? I mean, like, do you really need them? Are they really important? Are they good? Are the instructions bad? And so we're going to find out the answer today in our text. Students, you can take a seat, and we're going to read. Read with me. Matthew chapter 5, as we continue our Tale of Two Kingdoms series. Starting in verse 17. Here we go. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. What should your relationship to the instructions be? Look at, I mean, you look, have you read the Old Testament? There are so many in commands and instructions and laws. I mean, he's given us the Ten Commandments, right? What should your relationship to them be? But we see what Jesus says here. The presence of Jesus doesn't mean the absence of instruction. Okay? The presence of Jesus, who's here and announcing that there's a kingdom, his presence doesn't mean the, in, the absence of instruction. But students, you need to understand this. There are a lot of people who live and act as if Jesus did come to abolish the instructions. Right? And so there are a lot of people that treat the law and the commands of God kind of like this. Where are my track stars at? What is this? It's a, it's a what? It's high jump, right? So there are a lot of people that they treat, they have this common misunderstanding of the law. I think it's high jump, right? It's not high jump. It's, it's, yeah, it's a high jump, all right? Bub, I did my homework. There's a high jump. And so what you do is, in track, it's crazy. You jump high. I remember the first time I went to track, and I was like, dude, that's so easy. Why is everybody making such a big deal of it? You go like this, right? And I thought I was funny, and then I tried to jump over it, and I was like, I'll just stick to the running, right? Um, not the high jumping. And so there's some people, they view the law of God. They view all the instructions. They view the Ten Commandments like this. They go, well, you don't want, like, back in the day, rules used to be the bar that you had to jump over to get accepted into God's family, Right? Oh, I, I followed Jesus. Like back in the day, that's why God gave the, the rules. That's why there was commandments and instructions because this was the bar that you needed to jump over to get accepted into his family. Oh man, good thing I don't live for that anymore, right? I, good thing I don't need to follow those rules because you know what I have now, students? I have Jesus. And I don't need those because now I don't have to jump over the bar. I can just walk through whatever I want. I don't have to jump over. I don't have to jump to hoops. I just do whatever I want and Jesus will just forgive me anyway. Right? I mean, like, uh, yeah. There's some youth groups, right, that are built on what I call this hyper grace. There's this understanding of the law. They go, the law, that was the old thing. That used to be, you know, God put that there so that they can get into the family, but now we get into the family because of Jesus. And so I just, I do whatever I want because he'll forgive me. These are the kind of communities, right, where you'll meet people or, or you'll go away to college. 
and you have, you, you meet friends, they go, yeah, I'm a Christian. Where do you go to church? Oh, I don't really go to church. I'm not into like the whole like religion thing. That's like the bar. I'm more into like the grace thing, you know? And so these are the people that wear their, their sin and, and all these things as like a badge of honor. And they go, dude, I'm just being real. <laughs> like, I don't have to pretend like I'm something else. I don't even have to try. I'm just gonna do me because didn't Jesus die so that I can be real, right? Just do whatever I want. And you just want to tell them, no, Jesus didn't die so you can be real. He died so you can be different. He died so you can be holy. And so these are the people that they do whatever they want. And they just go, you know what? The law, that was old school, dude. We're not old school. We're like Jesus, new school. Jesus is my homeboy. Just do whatever you want. And now they're wearing their sin as honor and they do whatever they want. This is a common misunderstanding of the law. You try to talk to that person about, whoa, 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 what are you, what are you doing dancing through there? Like, don't, don't you want to be holy? Like, don't, don't you want to, like, honor Jesus' commandments? Whoa, shh. Don't talk to me about commandments. I'm into grace, okay? Don't get legalistic on me. I don't, I'm not really into the rules thing. That's old school. I'm more into, like, the Jesus. He accepts me for who I am, and I'm just going to be real. Is that the kind of kingdom that Jesus is establishing here? We're talking about the tale of two kingdoms, right? And you even see it on the stage here, where the old kingdom, right? This represents the, the kingdom of this world that is crumbling. And we, t we learned a few weeks ago, it's tired and it's cliche and it's pointless and it's totally ineffective. And then Jesus comes and he's announcing the presence of a new kingdom, the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this world. But students, what I just described here, does any of that sound like the kingdom that Jesus is trying to establish? This do whatever you want, this, this kingdom that's full of lawlessness and anarchy. Students, look at the text. Jesus did not come to do away with the law. Jesus did not come to just go, don't worry about the rules. Just, just mention my name. You're in on me. Do whatever you want, right? He didn't come to abolish them. It's quite the opposite. He actually came to fulfill them. Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill it. If you're going to understand that, you need to understand why the law was given in the first place. What I just said a minute ago, that's old school. That's the way that people used to get into the family of God. That's actually not true. God never gave the Ten Commandments. God never gave his instructions and his, and his uh, ordinances, his commands, as a way for people to get into his family. Students, who would be able to jump high enough? <laughs> Can you imagine Israel there in the wilderness? He's like, now listen here. I may just possibly, maybe one day, hypothetically speaking, invite you into my family, but only if you can obey this. And Israel's like, oh yeah, I got this, right? And they're like stretching. They're like, I can do that. No. God has always brought people into his family by grace, okay? God did not give the instructions so that his people can jump over it to get in. God didn't give the law as a bar to jump over. He gave it more like a stick to walk on, okay? The commandments were not this, thing, this, this criteria of performance, he always invited you in by grace. But once he invites you in by grace, the law, his instructions are more like a walking stick that you can lean on, that teach you the way to go, that hold you up and can instruct you how to follow God, right? This is the law, to show God's people how to walk with God. 
If you ever hear someone say to you, yeah, in the Old Testament, the way that people got saved was through the law, but now it's through grace. Punch them in the face. Metaphorically speaking, metaphorically speaking, right? We'll learn about anger. But, But tell them, no, that's actually not true because salvation has never been by works of the law. God always saved people just because of his grace and because of his love. Students, do you understand? You need to understand this because everything in your life right now wants to do this to you. If you're a good boy and girl, I'll accept you. If you do good in school, you'll make it to college. If you listen to your teacher, you'll be on the honor roll. If you do this on the sports team, you'll make it to the all-star. Everything in your life is based on how you perform. And so then you come to church and you hear this crazy guy talking up front with the Bible and you go, oh, I already know this gig. I know this script. If I'm good, I get into God's family. Students, we're here to tell you, I'm here as a believer in Jesus Christ because I believe the good news that I'm accepted into God's family because he loves me and not because of anything that I have inside of me. I don't believe that Jesus accepts you into his family because you're the man. You're not the man. (laughs) You're not. He accepts you into his family because of grace. And then, as a continuation of that grace, he gives you the law to teach you how to follow him, how to walk with him. Listen to Psalm 119, okay? This is David, right? Talking about how much he loves this. The law is a gift. The law is not a stick to beat people with. The law is not a stick to make people jump higher. God's instructions are not meant to be some hula hoop to jump over. It's actually a gift. And so you read Psalm 119, and it's almost like he's doing this. He's like, I love this. Just thank you for this. Why does he think it's a gift? Why does he love it? Let's read it. He says, teach me. Everybody say, teach me. Oh Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me, everyone say, understanding. No, no, everyone say, understanding. understanding. That I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Friends, what we see in Psalm 119 is this understanding that the law, the instruction of God, his commandments, These were a gift to teach him how to walk, to teach him where to go, to lead him. So that's the point of the instruction. And so Jesus says, I'm not coming to get rid of the instruction. I'm actually coming to fulfill it. And what he says, when he's saying fulfill, what he's saying is, I'm going to show you the full intention and expression of the law. Jesus does perfectly what the law was meant to do. Okay, that's what he means. When he says, I'm fulfilling it, he says, I'm gonna show you exactly what this was meant to do, and I'm gonna do it perfectly. What was the law meant to do? To show God's people how to walk with God. And so Jesus shows up and he goes, oh, you're looking to the law of Moses to show you how to walk with God, right? Oh, well, actually, come here, because I'll do it better. Come here, because actually the entire law and all of the prophets actually pointed to me, so I'm going to do perfectly what the law was meant to do. I will show you how to walk with God. I will show you and make you righteous. If you're keeping notes, you can put a little star here. This is why people want to kill Jesus, right? Why did everybody want to kill Jesus? He must have just been so boring. Maybe he was just really arrogant and full of himself. No, no, they tried to kill him because he made claims that said, oh, you like that Moses guy, right? I, yeah, I was talking about me and I'm better. Imagine if your youth pastor, me, showed up into the pulpit one day and I said, all right, friends, you know your Bible? Everybody hold up your Bible. That's nice and all, 
but now you listen to me and my authority is equal to that and even more. What would you guys do? What would you tell your parents? If you're like, well, Sam, he talked about Jesus, the Bible, and then he said he was better than both of those things. All right, maybe you don't get it. That would be bad, okay? My authority does not equal the authority of scripture, but Jesus is saying, oh, the instructions of Moses? Yeah, that was kind of like your tutor, the real instructors here. Oh, that, that was, hey, well, I wouldn't say that's cute, right? That's too trite. But that, that's like, yeah, I'm gonna do that perfectly. And so Jesus, he's doing exactly what the law was meant to do. It's not meant to be this thing to jump over. It's meant to show us how to walk with God and how to be righteous. If you've been at Citizens for any amount of time, right? And today, if you've been at Citizens for five minutes, you know that my teaching is this. Following Jesus is not about moving on from some commandments. Coming into the new kingdom is not about excusing your disobedience and doing whatever you want and you kind of have this, this weird concept of cheap grace, right? Following Jesus is nothing like that. It's about coming to him and saying, show me how to walk. Show me how to live for you. Show me like the law was supposed to do. Make me into a righteous people. And so students, you want to know how to live for God? You want to know how to walk in a way that pleases God? You want God to lead you on his path? Look to Jesus. You want to know how to walk with God? Follow Jesus. That's what Christianity is about. That's what Jesus is saying here when he says, hey, listen, I'm fulfilling the law. Have that Psalm 119 mentality that you come to Jesus and you say, please teach me your commandments. Teach me the way to walk because I'm lame, right? Teach me the direction to walk because I'm blind. Lead my feet because they're crooked. Jesus, please, would you teach me how to follow God? Teach me how to live in your kingdom. Students, you need instructions. You need the instructions. And we find that Jesus gives them to us perfectly. And you know how long you'll need the instructions? I'll need the instructions until I graduate high school, Sam, and then I'm golden. No, no, no. You know how long you need the instructions shown perfectly through Jesus? Until verse 18 happens. He says, truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. You need Jesus' instructions for your life until the day that God creates a new heaven and a new earth until you are standing in front of Jesus face to face, you need instruction. Until you are perfect, until operation make them righteous is complete, you need the instructions. And that's why God in his grace has given instructions so that you, his people, would learn how to follow him and learn how to become holy and blameless. That's why he saved us. And so we need those instructions. And so here's a thought for you. Are you guys still with me? You still with me? All right, here's a thought. I'm just throwing this out there. You need instructions on how to follow God. So what does that mean for me? I need instructions on how to follow God. I need instructions on how to walk. So what does that mean for my friends? If we need these instructions, what does that mean about our relationship with each other? Look at the last two verses here. 
Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Students, we learn that citizens of God's kingdom teach each other. Are you a citizen? Yeah, I'm a citizen. I go to this youth group. No, no, no. I mean, are you a citizen of God's kingdom? Are you trying to follow God? Have you been saved through Jesus Christ? Then you and I must teach each other, okay? We need to teach each other. And so students, we need to be a community that is consistently pointing to the instruction of Jesus. I tell you this all the time. The day that we become a youth group, the day, and this, by God's grace, this will not ha never happen, but the day that we become a community that goes, dude, don't worry about, the, I mean, you're just kind of being a little bit too to uptight. Like, the instructions are not that big of a deal. The day we start to become like these people over here that are like, just, I mean, as long as you're at the table, these aren't important. The day that we become a community that relaxes the, the instructions of Jesus, I'm out. I'm not interested in that. We need to be a community that is consistently pointing one another to Jesus' instructions. This needs to be a community where your friendships, a main conversation point in your friendships, are always pointing each other to the instruction of Jesus. Where are you at with Jesus? How are you doing with following God? Hey, last time we talked, you said that Jesus was teaching you this. Where are you at with that? Hey, what is God teaching you in your life right now? My youth pastor told me when I was a kid, she said, you should always be able to answer the question, what is God teaching you right now? Because you should always be learning from God's instruction. And so students, if Jesus is telling us here that we're to not relax these, these instructions, if we're not to have an attitude that says, don't worry about, guys, you're so uptight, we're already in. Jesus already saved us. I mean, what's the big deal about purity, you know? All those uptight Christians over there. Like, I'm just more into like the party youth group. I prefer the, the Christian community that's more into the party, not into the rules, okay? The rules, that's just so not my style. And you're like, was that Jesus' style? Uh, probably should be your style, you know? And so friends, if this is the truth, if citizens of God's kingdom are to teach each other, then maybe, then we, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do them and teach them. See the two parts there? In the kingdom, the way that we teach one another, we do them and then we teach them. What happens if I have step two without step one? What does that make me? A hypocrite, right? Hey, all you kids, I just want to tell you what Jesus is saying this summer because like we're in this new series and he's going to give a lot of his instructions. And so make sure you guys do them. Me, Jackson? N no, I don't actually do them, but that's not your business. I mean, you do them. No, that's not how it works. We teach each other by doing them and teaching them. And so if this is reality, if I'm telling you that we need to be a community that teaches each other, then you should probably use these verses for a timely friend assessment. Like, you know when you, uh, when you take a test and it gives you like a rubric and you're like, if you are 90 to 100%, you are proficient. If you are 80 to 90, you are sub-proficient. If you are anything less, your mom will spank you. You know what I mean? Like those kind of rubrics. Like what if you had one of those for your friends, right? <laughs> like what if every like semester you gave your friends a progress report? You're like, you do not point me to Jesus 80% of the time. You are failing, right? Needs improvement. Do you guys, would you not be interested in that? 
then I'll delete that file. I won't send out that email, all right? But seriously, what if we did use this as a friend assessment? Do your friends motivate you toward obedience of Jesus' law? Or do they cause you to go, dude, don't worry about it. Don't even just do this of your friends, do this of you. Are you a friend that spurs one another on to follow Jesus or do you slow each other down? Are you a friend that's constantly bringing this up and saying, dude, are you listening to Jesus' instruction? Or are you a friend that's going, ah, you know, I kind of don't want to talk about that because it's a little bit uncomfortable. I'd rather just like do something fun. What kind of friends are you to each other? Are you the kind of community that Jesus is talking about when he says, do these and teach these? Jesus' teaching should be a primary part of your friendships. Do they come up a lot? I mean, I hung out with my friend for like the last four months and we just haven't brought up the Jesus thing. Dude, it's time for a talk, all right? It's time for a friendship assessment. What is Jesus teaching you that should always come up? Where are you at with Jesus? That should always come up. Hey, what are you learning? Hey, let's grow together. Let's teach each other how to walk and follow God because that's why Jesus came. But then here's what I want to end with, okay? This is super important. As we teach one another, Okay, listen to me, students, all right? Because if I stopped right now, you'd leave here and become little legalistic demons, okay? Listen to me. I don't want you to leave here and go, I'm going to make, I'm going to hold you accountable and I'm going to make sure you do everything, right? Before you go there, listen to me. We're to teach one another, but as we teach one another, as we point each other to instruction, we must be better than the Pharisees, okay? Look what he says. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of scribes and Pharisees. Who were the scribes and Pharisees? The scribes and the Pharisees, they were the ones that were taking God's law and they were making it the high jump pit, right? And they're like, oh, look how good I am. They were the ones taking the stick and they're just like, come here, come here, you stupid little Jesus followers who don't know how to do everything we do. Whack, right? Sorry, too violent. (laughs) Tone it down a little bit. Sorry. The Pharisees were uh, these people and uh, now the Pharisees were like, these are the people that did everything right on the outside. The Pharisees, these are the people that they go, oh, I know this instruction, yeah. And they just do it just enough to get by, right? And they look good on the outside. These are the kind of kids that you're like, your mom is like, um, hey, I want you to um, tell your sibling that you're sorry. And you're like, sorry. Like, did you just mannequin that? Like, did your lips literally move? What is that called? Like, the little puppet. Did you just ventriloquize that, right? You're like, I'm sorry, right? And you're technically doing it, right? On the outside, you went through the motions, but were you sorry in your heart? No, right? Not at all. These are the kind of people that they would do all of God's laws perfectly. They would tithe exactly their 10%, but on the inside, they were as greedy as ever. They never committed adultery, man. They, they were good on that front, but in their heart, they were lusting like nobody's business. They never murdered anyone, but on the inside, they were so angry. And so Jesus is telling us, as we follow Jesus' instruction, it needs to go beyond the external, superficial, and shallow obedience. We need to be a people. We need to be a community that as we instruct each other, we remind each other that Jesus wants our hearts Jesus wants our inner obedience, not some shallow, superficial rule following. 
And so students, as you pull, as you push one another toward following Jesus, it can't just promote this shallow following of commandments. We need to push each other toward an obedience that goes beyond the Pharisees. We need to be a community that is constantly reminding each other, Jesus wants your heart. Students, Jesus wants your heart. Living for Jesus is not about going through the motions. It's not about being a good boy and girl, a good Christian girl or a good Christian boy who does all of the things on the checklist. That's not what following Jesus is about. Your inner attitude, your character is what Jesus wants. He's calling for your heart. And that's exactly what he focuses on through this entire sermon. For the next several weeks throughout the whole summer, we're gonna be learning We're going to be focusing on the Sermon on the Mount, right? And we see every time he brings something up, he's always going to the heart. He goes, oh, you're not murdering? That's cool, bro. Stop getting angry at people. Oh, you're not committing adultery with your neighbor's wife? Oh, that's cool, bro. Stop lusting after her in your heart, right? Oh, you're not like swearing false testimony? Why don't you just let your yes be yes and your no be out? Just be an honest person. Well, technically, I didn't pinky promise. Stop at the gate. What? I want your heart. Jesus wants an inner obedience. And that's going to be the theme of this entire summer as he goes through it. Because he's teaching us what the law was trying to tell us all along. God wants your hearts. And so Sam, I, I go to youth group. I grew up in a Christian home. And I, you know, I feel like I'm going through the motions. I just, I don't know what else to do, Sam. How can I honestly serve God? How can I walk with God in a way that gives him my heart? Well, students, this is the gospel. And this is why Jesus is better than the law. Because what the law was unable to do, Jesus did it. The law told you what God wanted, right? The law told you how to walk with God, but it didn't give you the power to do so. The law showed you how, how people that follow God should live, but it didn't give you any inner energy to do so. The law showed you what God's commandments were, but they couldn't overcome the sin that is in your heart. The sin that every time you get out on the journey, you're like, I, I got God's commandments. I'm going to walk for him. And you get in your own way because you stumble over your sin. It showed you the way without giving you the will. And Jesus shows up, students, right? And he fulfills Ezekiel chapter 36. Look what it says. He says, I'm going to give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Students, here's the gospel. Jesus doesn't just teach you how to walk with God. He puts his spirit inside of you. He gives you a new heart so that you can follow God. Do you want to follow God from your heart? Do you want to live in a way that pleases him from your inner obedience? Come to Jesus. You want to learn how to walk with God? You follow Jesus. You follow him. No thanks, Sam. I'm just going to be a good little boy and a good little girl, and uh, probably not both at the same time, but one of those, and I'm just going to follow the rules, and I think that's going to get me by. You're a Pharisee. You can go through the motions. You can deceive me. You can play the youth group game, and you could probably win. But if you really want to follow God, if you really want to be a student that knows what it's like to see God and to be in relationship with him, 
if you're not interested in the religion and in going through the motions, if you want to experience what that's like, students, Jesus comes and he says, I'll show you. You want to walk with God? Follow me. And I'll show you his instructions. But more than that, I'll empower you to obey his instructions. And then more than that, even when you fail and completely drop the stick, I won't even make your, your acceptance dependent on that. I'll love you. And then I'll put you with other family members who can teach you in the kingdom. Students, that's the king of this new kingdom. That's the king that we're following. And so I'm inviting you, not just for this summer, I'm inviting you for your life Come and live for the king. Be a part of this kingdom. Come and learn what it's like to be a citizen, not just the youth group citizens, but a citizen of the kingdom of God. And you'll be in for the journey of a lifetime as Jesus is saving you and changing your heart and teaching you that to walk with God, you follow him.